0: Hello and welcome to For Your Reconsideration, the film podcast which looks at movies people gave a kick to the knackers to see if the low blow was actually illegal or entirely justified. I'm Rob and here's Simon and James. Hello, gentlemen.
1: Hello. <laughs> Thankfully, <laughs> haven't been punched in the nuts. <laughs>
0: I specified kicked, I think. It
1: oh, right. sorry, kicked. It? Sorry, I was I was imagining, uh, I watched this documentary this week where they talked about Mortal Kombat and how Johnny Cage was based on Van Damme oh. punching someone in, from the, in the nuts in Bloodsport. So I just had that in my head when you said that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Excellent uh, stuff Rob, every time you say the word knackers I get such a grin on my face Because I can't remember what episode we were doing But you described a Wilhelm scream As <laughs> it's going badly And then somehow your knackers are involved And that just makes me laugh uh... all the time <laughs> <laughs> it's,
0: it's never good when the knackers get involved will uh, no.
2: tell
0: you <laughs> uh, What have you guys been watching this week?
2: Uh I've had I did a vampire double bill yesterday. So I watched tonight's film and then I watched a movie called Near Dark, which is a super stylized, super violent, neo-western vampire match up thing directed by Catherine Bigelow. So it's her first film as a solo director, and it came out in nineteen eighty-seven. And it's basically half the cast of Aliens as a group of outlaw vampires driving around being proper bastards while Tangerine Dream plays on the soundtrack. It's a bit thin on the narrative side, and the meagre budget can't quite match her ambition. But you can see straight away that Bigelow's got such an eye for a striking image and well-staged mayhem, and the charismatic cast just keep things engaging. It's really worth a watch if you can track it down, but it seems to be out of circulation. I don't know if there's been a bit of a rights issue. I found it uh, used in a charity shop ages ago, and I've only just got around to watching it now, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Cool.
1: Yeah, Near Dark's Wicked. It's one of the... Have you seen it?
2: I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. I I think I
1: recommended it on a pod ages ago, on a really old episode. Like, one of the questions, maybe. Yeah, it's amazing. It's really, really good. But I think it was like... It was around the same time as Lost Boys, wasn't it? And Lost Boys obviously came out like, like
2: three weeks after from Yeah, went heard.
1: like supernova <laughs> and then I think it buried near dark and um I think like Commode's a massive champion of it. I think he really likes it. Mm. But yeah, I watched it on the on the strength of that years ago. It's it's, it's really good. It's really, really good. Yeah,
2: Bill Paxton's amazing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Bill Paxton <laughs> being absolutely ace in it. Lance Henriksen just luxuriating in the role. He's in full <laughs> hard target mode. Like. <laughs>
0: superb Yeah, oh, sounds ace mm. i would say i'd watch it but hearing that there's a rights issue i mean it's quite But
2: well, you can get it on dvd but i was having a look around on ebay and stuff like that not like, the blu-ray is going for like 50 pound it's ridiculous no it's way. really hard That's to get hold of yeah. i think the company that made it went out of business shortly after and now there's a big dispute as to who owns it so it's not any streamers and you can't rent it digitally or anything like that so it's very much a Used DVD situation, I think. Mad. Ah. Interesting. Well, the reward for those who've managed to
1: dig it out, because it's, uh, it's well worth it.
2: Yes. So, I was very impressed. Mm. Hearty
0: endorsements. Si, what have you been chewing upon?
1: Um, I watched... Um, Was on the Now TV this weekend and watched Le Mans 66, or Ford versus Ferrari, as it's known in the States. Oh, it's so good. Just, oh. Absolutely brilliant. I really like James Mangold, you know. I think he's a really underrated director underrated Mm. gets bandied about quite a lot but (laughs) yeah he's made some amazing movies like some of my copland's one of my favorite movies ever i think it's Mm. really good i didn't even know that was him wow yeah that was
2: one of his early ones i think he's got one of the most eclectic filmographies ever Mm. he's got like girl interrupted he's got identity which is a weird sort of horror film set in a motel motel. that's so
0: cool did he
2: do that i didn't know he did that yeah Kate and Leopold
1: is on his. Yeah. <laughs> he did the incestuous time travel of Bonanza.
0: Yeah. <laughs> bonanza is a word that doesn't get used enough in my book. He
2: can turn his hand to everything. He's supposed to be doing Indiana Jones as well, isn't he? Is it? Is he? Whoa. I, and if they do a new one.
1: Because he did the 310 to you. Yeah. Remake, he did that as well. You, yeah.
2: Bale, which is great as well.
1: What a range as a director. And then Logan, obviously, which is fantastic. But. um. Yeah, no, Le Mans 66. I don't know why they changed the name. I, I have no idea. But uh, I really enjoyed it because I, I was just expecting a sort of a film very much made for a specific person, i.e. a 40 to 60-year-old man. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> it really likes cars. <laughs> uh, but I, I think the strength of the two leads just like really bring it into, a, a, for me, a four or five-star movie when it could have easily just been a by-the-numbers you know, biopic of, of these, of two guys really, rather than one. Christian Bale is just constantly outdoes himself and just watch, just sit back and watch an absolute master do superb stuff on screen as he always does. Mm. And yeah, really enjoyed it. It's a long one. It's like two and a half hours long, but it's, it's great. It's really funny. It's really bittersweet. It's got some sad bits. It's got the actions really good in it. Yeah. It's great. I cried at the end.
2: Oh, no way. It's a proper dad movie. Like, <laughs> really? yeah, yeah, you know, it's about, it's based on a true story. It's about b- bloody clever blokes doing their job <laughs> bloody well and everyone's just <laughs> mucking in for a shared goal. Like proper dad movie material.
0: Cool, cool. Um, nice. Well, I, I, I haven't watched a movie this week, but September the 18th hit and I said to my children, everyone in the living room this evening, 7pm, get in there now. Um, And I got them all sat down, we got the snacks all out and everything like that, and we put on episode one of Camp Cretaceous, (gasps) the um, Jurassic Park Netflix bonanza, (laughs) uh, and... um, it was amazing. It was so good. Um, <laughs> James, your face!
2: <laughs> have you watched it, James? Yeah, I have watched it. Yeah. Have it's you still at, like ten-year-olds, isn't it? It's so good. <laughs> it's really younger. Yeah,
0: yeah it, it's it's aimed really young. Yeah, it's aimed really young. But my kids, they just every episode, they're like 20 minutes long, yeah. every there's eight episodes, it launched it. Every episode ends on a massive cliffhanger. And it's set in that world that I just flip in a door so much. Yeah. And I think the timeline is that it happens. At the same time, the Jurassic World sort of disaster takes place Yeah, yeah. reference to Masrani's helicopter going into the Terranodon um, enclosure. So, like, and the Indominus is there, loose and all this. And I just, like, oh, it's so much fun. And it's, like you say, it's so pitched to the kids. My kids absolutely lapped it up. And, um, like, my little girl, Ava, was like... Um, this is the best thing I've ever seen, you know? <laughs> and this is the little girl who said recently that Back to the Future was one of the best things that it's ever seen. But that, like that, this episodic nature of it for kids really worked. Yeah, and I was thinking, like, how are they going you know, to attack the whole issue of you know these are these are predators that are going to you know going to eat people? Like, if they catch up with you, they're not going to just you know go woo, and oh no, people get eaten. It says people get properly munched up, and the kids have to watch it, and they get terrified and run off and stuff. It's great. I loved it. Yeah, everyone should go check that. Yeah,
2: out. yeah my boy's a bit young for it yet. Yeah, I think he'd get bored. He 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 watches Lego Jurassic World instead, uh, which is yeah, on Amazon, yeah. which he likes. Uh, but it just goes to show you might not be able to polish a turd, but you slap some John Williams music on it, and it really does elevate the piece. <laughs> Oh, it's the the vehicles are ace, and it, I mean again, like because it's
0: aimed at kids, you can get away with so much more in terms of plot and narrative. In terms of you don't have to think too hard about it. Like, yeah. who in their right mind sends six children to this place where there's only two members of staff? <laughs> and then and then they go like, right, we, we've got to go for a meeting. We're going to leave you to it. Don't do anything naughty. Don't leave the camp. You know, idiots. <laughs> of course, it's going to go wrong. But um, yeah. Be that, is it, mate? It was ace. Um, and I also obviously watched this week's movie, which was um, a real treat. And that prompted a question, didn't it? From James this week. I know it was it you. It did. Yes. <laughs>
2: yes. 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 So in tonight's film, there's quite an iconic sequence in a nightclub. So simply put, I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on what are your favourite club scenes from movies?
0: It's such a good question. Um... And we have to be very clear, don't we, that it's clubs, not bars, isn't it?
2: Yeah, somewhere where there's louder music, I think, rather than just like your average pub.
0: Yeah, because obviously if it's a bar, we all know, we all agree that the the only answer that's applicable is Sigal versus Sticks in Help for just Obviously, yeah. <laughs> Good, I'm glad yeah, we've got that fun. ironed out and all cleared
2: up.
1: <laughs> <sighs> Does the uh, Coco Bongo count then from the mask? Is that a
0: bar or a club? That's definitely a
2: club. (laughs) It's definitely a club.
1: Yeah,
0: I thought it was more of a cabaret. It's
2: got live entertainment. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. We'll throw it out on the Twitter. Is the Coco Bongo a a club or a bar? I, I watched. I watched the mask the other week.
1: It's just. Honestly, it's the cheapest movie, but it's so good. It is. I
2: absolutely it? love it. Yeah. Part of that weird year where Jim Carrey made about eight movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's just demented how famous he got so quickly. Like, I know <laughs> yeah. he'd been working for years, so for him it doesn't feel that way, but he was just, all of a sudden, 1993 he didn't exist, and then 1995 he'd he was the biggest movie star in the world. It was absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Didn't he have Ace Ventura, the mask and Dumb and Dumber all come out yeah, in the same year? The same that's year, yeah. absolutely incredible. Well, that is so good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think
0: that's that's an excellent answer. Um Have you got any other side sorry, before I blither?
1: My only, well, that was the jokey one. The serious one um is a really, really good film. Again, I think it's a film a lot of people slept on, mainly because of what, the director did afterwards. It's when he started going into digital movies. But the club scene in Collateral.
2: Oh yes, oh,
1: so good. I just think that movie is fantastic, and it's really yeah. this. Yeah. This scene is like the the peak of that. That you know the where that film is at its best.
2: Yeah, that's the best sequence in the movie. That is so. Good. Yeah, it's so Michael
1: Mann's last great movie, possibly. I don't know. Yes, definitely. What well, year was it now? Well, it's before Miami
2: Vice, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Yeah. I quite like Miami Vice. I
0: I do. And and that's got some great club scenes as well. That
2: opens in a club, doesn't it? It just smashes in like it's so good. Yeah. What about you guys? What's your favourite club scene? Uh,
0: Well, I'm I'm stuck between two for entirely different reasons. I absolutely love and has always stuck in my memory the club scene in the Steven Seagal movie Exit Wounds (laughs) with uh, Anthony Anderson being Anthony Anderson, Teddy from Hangtime. And it's just so stupid because you've got this aged Seagal taking on two of the biggest bouncers ever in some of the slowest looking fights ever, while Anthony <laughs> Anderson is, is shouting these brilliant one liners. And I just love it. And it's all neon and brilliant. And we need to get the bleep button outside, please. But it ends with An- Anderson outside in a, like, trying to climb over a wheelie bin, and he can't. And he's messing up his clothes while he's doing it, and he shouts, Ah! I'm fing up my facade, s!
1: I saw a question the other day. Someone posed the question on Twitter the other day, and they said, "Who is the most like universally liked person in Hollywood?" And then everyone was like throwing out the, you know, like Will Smith, and I was like Anthony Anderson. Who doesn't yeah. like Anthony
0: Anderson? <laughs> oh, he's so good. I, I just love Anthony Anderson so much. He doesn't get near the it, physical comedy, he is ASAP. Um, but also the the one that informed every sort of every time I see a club scene in a film is definitely the protagonists are fighting. Um the wall gives way when a body goes through it. And go ninja go fills the night air. <laughs> vanilla Ice and the Turtles Holy in the shit. secret of the What a club scene that is! Like little Vanilla Ice getting, you know, when his head picks up the beat, like oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, I feel this. His exactly, gorgeous, yeah. massive flat top. Oh,
2: yeah, that's the sound of selling out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. And
0: and like that whole, you know, oh, I just felt like the crowd was really into it. Shooting it must have been an absolute nightmare. And it was just ace. Like, and then the the Ninja Turtles have a choreographed dance. Oh, it's yeah. It's super. Oh, absolutely ace.
1: I think I had that uh, Vanilla Ice single on vinyl. I think that was one of my first vinyls. We all vinyls. did. We all Yeah, did. I mean...
2: <laughs> not on vinyl, I don't know. Not tape. on vinyl, you classy <laughs> man. Awesome. <laughs> uh. <sighs> what about you, James? Well, I had a couple, actually. So have you guys seen Boogie Nights recently? No, no. I haven't seen Boogie Nights at all, actually. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, it's sort of like a PTA version of Goodfellas, essentially, Uh, and uh, none more so the opening, which is this amazing tracking shot that starts outside the disco that the main characters are going into, and it follows Burt Reynolds and uh, Julianne Moore in there, and they meet, meet up with all the supporting because it's a massive ensemble piece and all the ensemble are in there but they've not all met yet essentially and it just swoops around the club in this incredible wanna just taking in and introducing the characters and really setting the vibe for for the movie it's it's so well done but the correct answer is obviously the sequence in Basic Instinct where Michael Douglas goes to the club and convinced a generation of men that you could pick up a woman like Sharon Stone wearing nothing but your dad's V-neck sweater.
1: <laughs> 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 oh, Basic Instinct is amazing. Uh, oh, going yeah. back to Boogie Nights, um, you know, she's quite famous on this pod, My Nana. I've got a good yeah. story about yes. My Nana and Boogie Nights. Um so she asked my, um, my auntie Karen, her her daughter, to take her to the cinema. And she was like, oh, can we go and watch that film about disco dancing? <laughs> <laughs> Thought it was like a Saturday night fever type movie. Oh, Lord. And they had a girls night out and my auntie took my nana and her friend Pat and they <laughs> to see at the time what what she's probably about like 60 70 at the time oh my and
2: word and took her to see Buggy Night <laughs> and me, me and my brother were like are you sure you are <laughs> <laughs> to be fair to your nan there is a bit of disco dancing in it to be fair <laughs> did she enjoy it do we know she had, she had to leave she was disgusted by what she <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs>
1: Absolutely <laughs> disgusted. Oh,
2: she didn't stay till the very end. Then, when uh, Marky Mark gets not so little Marky Mark gets out. Of the <laughs> <happen>. <laughs> oh god! I just like I just love that mental image of seeing two pensioners in the, in the cinema watching <laughs>
1: yeah. Marky Mark do porn.
0: <laughs> that is. Uh, oh. We need to. We, that could be a whole new niche of quite cinematic miscalculations. <laughs> When have you got it wrong going to the cinema? (laughs) Uh, Well, excellent discussion as always, chaps. Um, Club scenes is what we were talking about. This movie opens with a club scene. What is the movie?
2: James, it was your pick. So, tonight's film, a leather-clad badass takes it upon himself to knock seven shades of shit out of every vampire he encounters. (laughs) And boy, does he look cool doing it. The film is, of course, 1998's comic book adaptation, Blade. You better wake up. The world you live in is just a sugar-coated topper. There is another world beneath it. The real world.
1: For thousands of years, they have existed among us. You keep your
2: eyes open. They're everywhere. Chances are you've seen them yourself and didn't know it. A secret nation. Our livelihood depends on our ability to blend in with a lust for Power. We should be ruling the humans. These people are our food. They've got their claws into everything. Politics, finance, real estate. There's a war going on out there. He makes the weapons, I use them. Now, one will lead them to conquer mankind. Tonight, the age of man comes to an end. We're gonna be gods. And one will try to stop him dead. There are worse things out tonight than vampires. Like what? Like me
0: human blade's mother was attacked by a vampire while she was pregnant half immortal you got the best of both worlds all our strengths
1: none of our weaknesses
0: he is
2: their greatest fear and our only hope soap open season of all vampires
1: Wesley Snipes. Stephen Dorff.
2: You're one of them, aren't you? No, I'm something else. (laughs) Blade.
0: So, James, Blade. 1998,
2: I believe. Why did you pick it? Yeah, so I think I first saw this when I was 15. uh, And I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And I haven't seen it. Uh, for many years, so I wanted to see if it still held up in my mind. Also, if we part the fact that Blade essentially saved comic book adaptations after the disaster of Batman and Robin, the aesthetic of this movie is so important. The techno, the music, the leather, the cinematography and the fight choreography. It really set the stage for what a lot of action movies would look like in the late 90s and early 2000s. And The Matrix gets a lot of credit for ushering in this new era of action films. But I was watching this last night and I was like, how come people don't talk about Blade and its influence as much? Because it's got a lot of similar Mm. vibes going on, I would say. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Definitely. It's a really interesting take, actually.
2: And was this before The Matrix? Yeah, it came out
0: in in the States
1: a year before. Yeah. Yeah. Because there is a lot, like, the trench coats yeah. and a lot of, like,
2: gunplay like that. Yeah. So yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Interesting. Soundtrack similarities as well. Yeah. Yeah, and just the way in which the, the fight choreography is done as well, because it's quite long takes, isn't it? Quite wide shots yeah. as well, so you yeah. can actually see the action as it's going on, which is something... I'm not saying Blade is as good as The Matrix, of course it isn't, but because The Matrix is a seminal piece of action cinema... But this is very much in the same wheelhouse in terms of the vibe and the uh, visual aesthetic that it's going for and very much the mm. the culture that it's representing in terms of the techno, techno music and people fighting in leather and sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, si, what about you? Did you uh, did you see it around the time it came out?
1: Yeah, like Blade was one of those movies I really shouldn't have been watching at the time. I well, it was about 12 at cinematic release but probably about 13 14 when i actually watched it because it was an 18 wasn't it as well it It was like a Mm. full r rated in america 18 over here Mm. but i simply watched it because i was a massive fan of the spider-man animated series from the 90s and blade made an appearance in that in in a couple of episodes in the later series of that so that's how I got exposed to the character, and like him along with the Punisher. It's like, oh yeah, who's this cool badass? Like I want to, I, I want to watch whatever he's in and get the comic season and stuff like that. And mm. add to that, like mine and my older brother's adoration of Wesley Snipes at the time, which I think I mentioned on the touched upon on the Demolition Man episode. Yeah, and there's just no way we weren't going to find a way to watch a film, like <laughs> to watch this film. <laughs> um, and we did. I, you know, obviously didn't watch it in the cinema. It would have been a um, I
2: buy a DVD, probably. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> I have since I have bought it since. Don't worry, and I have rented it since, so I have paid my way. Um, but yeah, much like James, I just thought it was one of the coolest things I'd ever seen, and I, yeah, and I still do actually. Yeah, <laughs> uh, th- yeah. I I
0: don't. I think I watched it around the time. Obviously, I'm um, yeah, a couple of years older than you guys, so um what will i have been then
2: i was 14 when it came
0: out i was yeah i think i was 15 or 16 when it came out i didn't see it at, I was at the cinema uh i saw it i think uh at university around 2001 ish something like that but i was fully aware of its immediate impact on sort of like young person culture in a way i mean everyone was into or had one eye on blade at one one time or the other and as you say like the it inspired, like, a lot of people had those long trench coats at the time. Yeah. The uh, long leather trench coats. A lot of people had... Um,
1: Samurai swords.
0: Yeah, always, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, it's it's funny that um, I never thought about it like that because this really is a precursor text to the Matrix and the whole really is yeah, yeah.
2: The whole thing. And I'm not saying the Matrix ripped off Blade because obviously they're both in production. Yeah, at of the course, same time. of course. It's just they've clearly got the um, the Wachowskis and Stephen Norrington who directed this. They obviously share some of the same sensibilities yeah. in terms of lighting and how they want their choreography to look. Yes. Uh, it, particularly during hand-to-hand yeah. combat fights that they're, that they're putting on film. So, And clearly they also enjoy techno music. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, No, I, uh, yeah,
0: I, I couldn't agree. But you've kind of, you know, since thinking about it in those terms, it's kind of rewritten a bit of history in my head here. Really am. Yeah, it's brilliant, actually. I think it's a brilliant take. Um, not, not that, like you say, one copies the other or anything like that, but they're part of the same sort of primordial soup for that yeah you know that cinematic generation isn't it in a way?
2: I mean you look at things that like that came after it like Underworld, that whole franchise and oh, yeah. Resident Evil and Equilibrium. Yeah. Uh they've all got this same sort of feel and vibe it's to like them. DNA is very isn't it? Got similar the same to DNA. Yeah.
0: yeah. As as Blade and Matrix, yeah. Um oh very, very cool. So I mean, I I was surprised when you said this qualifies, but um, how does it qualify? I mean, uh, James, budget, box office, did it do well?
2: Well, uh, given that this is the first in a trilogy, you can probably guess that it did pretty decent box office. Uh, So Blade was Marvel's first box office success and set the stage for further comic uh, film adaptations. Blade followed Howard the Duck as the second Marvel property to get a wide theatrical release in the United States. So this is brand new without the success of blade there probably is no mcu moving forward that's amazing so blade was released on august 21st 1998 in the states its production budget was 45 million it grossed 17 million dollars stateside and 61 million in other territories for a Worldwide box office of 131 million dollars. So, a big hit for an R rated movie, and yeah. a superhero isn't who isn't as well known as Superman or Batman, who were the yeah, only real yeah. superheroes that you'd had put on, uh, put on screen at that point. Mm.
0: And I imagine, um, from that point, that's just simply that's um an Opening gambit to the mad business it must have done on DVD.
2: Oh, yeah, I haven't got the DVD figures, but everyone I knew at my high school had watched Blade, so yeah,
0: everyone at university. It was a big to...
2: video shop rental, I
0: think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and in that sense, you know, we'll get into the movie itself, but it is that perfect video rental property, yeah. isn't it? This one it is, absolutely, yeah. so that must mean, in which case, that critically it was um, booted in the go now. Is that correct?
1: Sorry. <laughs> yes, to take that expression, um, kicked firmly in the knackers. Uh, no, I think the the box office uh, success of it really makes sense when you put it next to all the scores on the aggregate website. So yeah, critically, it didn't do too well. But on both Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes, the audience figures are quite high. So it's 78% on Rotten Tomatoes for audience, 87 on Metacritic compared to the critic side of it, which is only 55% on Rotten Tomatoes and 45 out of 100 on Metacritic. A lot of the US press absolutely slammed it on release, citing its CGI as being dated on arrival, uh, poor script, worse acting. um, And there were a couple of grumbles about it being, simply being a comic book movie at a time when they were looked upon with such disdain, Mm. considering sort of previous substandard efforts in the genre, most notably Batman and Robin, uh, I think you mentioned that James which came the year before and effectively just killed off well especially aimed at family audiences yes yeah Um, so yeah loads of one two star reviews uh, to feast upon on those sites if you want to check those out but we don't want to dwell on the negatives too much never so yeah after a lengthy absence bloody Mick sh- yes. Sheriff let's get the Sheriff back
2: Ooh. oh the Sheriff's Bow, come meow, to work meow, today meow. has he
1: <laughs> get in there dude
2: What'd
1: he say? So Mick, yeah, um, really liked it. Gave it three out of four. Oh, yes, Mick. And said, um, as big as it is, Blade is meticulous and subtle, not just in its camera technique, but in the way it works its themes and creates a mood. Um, And Ebert liked it as well. He also gave it three out of four. Nice. So he, he liked it as well. And then the interesting thing about watching it, like looking at it on Letterboxd, I saw a lot of recent reviews who had watched it purely because... They'd announced, they've announced the new Blade. Oh, have they? Yeah, yes. they have. Um, I can't pronounce his name. Let me Mahershala,
2: Mahershala Ali will be Blade. Oh, seriously? And on the whole, they really liked
1: it. A lot of them really liked it. This is just one example from um, someone called Jamie, who watched it in August this year, who gave it four stars and said, oh, yes, this is a little bit of me. This has been on my watch list for ages and I loved it. If I was a teenager in the 90s, I guaranteed this would be my favourite film. Wesley Snipes plays Blade to perfection and the way he looks, acts and even moves was incredible. I love the 90s soundtrack and even the terrible CGI. <laughs> 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 Super excited to watch Blade 2 and Trinity. You'll, you don't watch Trinity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do watch <laughs> Trinity. Please don't. Please don't. It's terrible. It's uh, got Triple H in it. Oh, it's awful. He has a fight um,
2: with Ryan Reynolds.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets called a very rude word. He does. Well. <laughs> oh,
2: it's horrendous.
1: And uh, Jamie then finishes that saying she's now more excited to see what Mahershala Ali has to bring to the, uh, brings to the role. Awesome. So yeah, there was a lot of reviews in that sort of vein actually on Letterboxd. A lot of you, younger people really liking the film, even though there are obviously elements of it that have dated.
0: That's really really cool, and it sort of uh, um, jumps off what we were talking about last week, weren't? Wasn't? Doesn't it with the relic, James? You've you made that really good point about how. Um, CGI, bad CGI or dated CGI can now be looked at as kitschy and kind of cool and you yeah. know like like this this fits that kind of, you know, because now since you've said that, rather than me looking at because yes, the CGI in this in parts has really
2: dated. I and, think it was naff at the time though, to be honest with you. I don't remember it being particularly impressive yeah. when it first came out. I think there are some yeah. excellent effects in this movie, by the way. Yeah. But
0: um yeah, some of the CGI, um well, we'll point it out when we <laughs> get in the movie, but is is incredibly bad but that said I was like oh it's cool now you know like oh it's the 90s I'm happy so yeah it's actually changed and helped my way of thinking what you said last week
2: oh good. Well, I'm here to help Rob thank <laughs> you exactly. need me to sort out Again, your life
0: further proof that this is actually you know therapeutic for me rather than <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> entertainment the
2: bills in the post
0: yeah thank you very much wow <laughs> your consulting f- consulting fees are big <laughs> um yeah. So, it, as you mentioned, it was a Stephen Norrington jam. This one. Um, yep. Who? <laughs>
1: yeah. Who?
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, where do we know this dude from? Well, not from uh, not from anywhere really. So he started in special effects, worked on Aliens and Alien 3s. I think he was like a sculptor, made uh, made models and things like that, and then he moved into directing. He's British, isn't he? He is. Yes. he's only directed four movies that's crazy so this was his first like uh big mainstream film and then he made a smaller sort of passion project and then after that he made the league of extraordinary gentlemen Mm. which was an absolute disaster which not only ended his career but also ended sean connery's in terms of he was just like i can't be bothered doing this anymore (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah
2: um so after the league of extraordinary gentlemen he vowed never to direct a movie again and damned if he hasn't been true to his <laughs> word because there's wow. been nothing come out I think he's been approached to do things uh, a lot of different properties and things like that but nothing's ever got off the ground so he still hasn't made another movie since the early 2000s wow I, I think it's such
1: a shame because he's clearly this, got a great eye like. watching oh, this yeah. last night there are particularly in this first hour which we'll talk about shortly, he's just got some great techniques going on and loads of different styles going on. and Yeah. Yeah, a, a, a lot of really, well, in 1998, what would have been really fresh ideas for, for yeah. a movie of this type. Yeah, it's a real shame. It's a real shame. I I, I can't... Wow. In fact, yeah, it is a real shame. It's like he's a lost talent in
0: a way, isn't he? It?
2: Mm. it is not it th- its I don't think it was just the run-in with Connery that he had on that movie. I think he was getting a lot of notes from the studio. There was a lot of studio interference with that particular film. And I just don't think he felt like he could do what he needed to do on that particular movie. And he doesn't want to do it anymore. So, mm. Well, I think from
1: the looks of this, I mean, I'm purely guessing, it looks like he was given quite a lot of freedom with this film. Yeah. And then obviously with League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, a massive budget and a lot more pressure on him I guess because he would have, like the Wachowskis at the time, would have been seen as the next big thing in terms of yeah. action directors. And it just really didn't go to plan. And yeah, he was probably just, just was like, oh, fuck this. I could be... This <laughs> yeah. I'll just make models instead. I like doing that. <laughs> but yeah, so he worked with Fincher, didn't he, on Alien 3? Yeah. And apparently Fincher visited the set a few times on Blade.
2: Well, according to David S. Goya, who wrote the screenplay for this, Fincher were, helped him develop the screenplay because he was interested in directing at one point after Seven. Right. Uh, and then it didn't happen for whatever reason. He went and made the game and got interested in other other projects. But yeah, I could see David Fincher directing this movie. That would have been incredible. Yeah, yeah. certainly I... on the right lines in terms of tone, isn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: Definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, I, uh, you mentioned, David. Descoy there, James. Um, yep. He's arguably way more known than, especially in modern time, modern cinematic terms, than um, the Norrington is.
2: Well, he's a very much a staple, isn't he? In the um, yeah, in the comic book movie world, in terms of, he obviously wrote all three Blade movies. He directed the third one. There mm. was then a Blade TV show which he was in charge of. He wrote Batman Begins. He did the story for both The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises, mm. wrote Man of Steel, wrote Batman v Superman. So, you know, a lot of big comic book adaptation credits on his yeah. resume. Mm. That's
0: crazy stuff. Absolutely crazy, um, and it's got our man. Welcome back to the podcast, Mister Simon Phoenix. Wesley Snipes.
2: Oh, he's so good in this movie. It's he incredible really is, how me? good he is in this movie. It was made <laughs> like, for him, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, he just fits the material so perfectly. It
0: is. Yeah, you're right.
2: Material
0: and actor boom go together. It's like this is his. This
2: is his role. I mean, this is his most iconic role, isn't it? Definitely.
1: Yes. Yeah. Especially because he did two other films after it did the third one and ultimately
2: kill his career apart from the tax evasion but <laughs> <laughs> well apparently there's some incredible obviously we're not doing Blade Trinity on on tonight's show but there's some incredible story it'd be worth doing a podcast just to talk about his on behaviour
1: I would really like to know that
2: <laughs> like when he refused to open his eyes so he had
1: to CGI open eyes onto her
0: <laughs> no yeah, yeah.
1: There was a scene where he was supposed to wake up in a coffin, uh, but he refused to open his eyes, and
2: he had to CGI them on, and it looks proper shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why would he refuse to refuse to do
2: it? He had a big falling out with David S. Goya, who was directing the film at the time. I think they were both sort of battling for creative control as to who had ownership of this franchise. Goya obviously felt that he did, given that he's the writer, well, them, yeah. uh, and then producer and director on the third one. Uh, but, yeah, there was all sorts going on. There. He insisted that everyone on the set refer to him only as Blade <laughs> when he was walking around. Oh, so. my God. Um... Shall we dive into the movie itself? Absolutely, Just yes. Because uh, apparently Wesley was on his best behaviour for <laughs> this particular film. Yes, and yes. And It shows oh, but... on the screen because he's very good in this in this edition. He's right.
0: Absolutely right. He is not
2: phoning this in whatsoever. Would you like to guess how old he is in this film? I wouldn't, but I'm sure you know that already, Rob.
0: Yeah. Now I'm going through this absolute crisis in my life where I'm worried that you know major Hollywood roles and the ages people were that I'm now older than they are. This is like a proper
1: bugbear of mine now. Like, this is... is... Like, late 30s, like 38 or something. 36. Oh. I'm older than he was when he made Blake. Yeah, I'm almost
0: 36, <laughs>
2: so yeah.
0: But I wasn't older than Chris Christopherson, so
1: that's good. <laughs> <laughs> is anyone in this world <laughs> older than Chris <laughs> uh,
0: Yeah, I mean, um, speaking of that, we need to get to that in a minute. Anyway, we open with the club scene.
2: Which is just... Incredible, isn't it? Vampire night club. Yeah, it says, and it's a, it's a club in like the un, under
0: sort of like the 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 drainage almost area. Yeah. of a um, abattoir. Yeah, yeah, it looks like. I mean, mm-hmm. it's or a big butchers or whatever. I mean, it's horrendous. Um, I thought though, this this sort of like douchey weaselly dude who gets taken in, who's human. Yeah. Um, is a really good vehicle for us to explore this the whole concept with. So we see it almost from his perspective. The, yeah, yeah. the transformation that oh my god these these people are actually vampires, and I'm tonight's dinner. Hell. Um, and, and because
2: um, he's kind of a drip, you don't really worry if he's going to get ripped to pieces yeah, yeah. or I mean, not. You actively
0: like... want him to get ripped, like, <laughs> yeah. you know. If anything, <laughs> uh, yeah. I I, I mean it, it, I think we've mentioned it's an iconic scene. It is.
2: Yeah, because it all starts getting a bit weird, doesn't it? And then all of a sudden the sprinklers come on and the blood just drops from the ceiling, doesn't it? I went to a foam party a bit like this in Tenerife when I was 18. (laughs) It was a similar sort of frenzy when the foam cannons went off to be perfectly
1: honest. I just think this scene is so epic. Like, just what an intro into... This world and modern day vampires because they flip a lot of it on its head, don't they? And they they change the rules a lot with what vampires are, what we know of vampires, and they're all young, they're all cool, and like illegal raves. And vampires themselves are these underground dwelling things who are who are just on the peripheries. But and I just think the club is this club is the perfect way to do that. It's like it's all. Low key and all hidden yeah. from everyone else. Super exclusive. Yeah, very exclusive.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love already love the visual aesthetic to this film. Yeah, yeah. You know, from this straight straight away, everything is kind of sharply bleached out apart from the blood.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's all blue, isn't it? Apart from yeah, the blood. like all the blacks are like dark blue. All the whites are blue. Yeah, it, and it just makes the blood stand out so much, and and you get that really sharply when blade rocks up after all the sprinklers go off
0: i mean as character intros go this is pretty out of this world this isn't it yeah
2: yeah it's just so confident isn't it like they, they just bang him in the middle of the frame don't they and it's just like right wesley do you think like and he yeah. just looks so cool and just it, it's just like you know when you see an actor who just inhabits a role that they're mm. born to play and he just steps into it and it's like it's almost like, um, you know, like Connery playing Bond or whatever in terms yeah, of. It, it,
0: it's he just, that good an inhabitation, isn't it? It's
2: just fantastic, yeah. And you couldn't imagine anybody else doing it. I mean, apparently they were also sort of thinking of maybe Denzel Washington or Lawrence Fishburne to do this role, who I'm sure both would have been very good, but it just feels. Just the perfect vehicle for Wesley Snipes, given his martial arts background. Yeah, that's I, the thing, I, isn't I, it? That's the difference, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that's definitely the difference. Is you know, being a very qualified and capable fighter in kung fu that it, they just add something else to the to the action in this film. You've got a genuine guy you know a guy who can genuinely kick seven stages of shit out of people <laughs>
0: uh, yeah i mean to, to put this into perspective i um finished watching this um today in preparation for the pod and um you i mean he looks legitimately hard he in this yeah. movie Snipes, terrifying. <laughs> and then to refresh my memory i watched the nightclub scene from exit wounds with Sigal, who i mean it, it it was oh it's it's the differences night and day you know, and this is this is one of the reasons this movie is so great <laughs> yeah. is because you've got this physical titan in the title role. This is uh, Wesley at uh, his absolute best, um, and he's he's sensitive, he's got vulnerability, yeah, he's got humour. It's it's such a great vehicle for him, and yeah, you would have to be so confident to walk into a room like that or to uh, open your movie in this way because you like flipping. Out, you must have been like when you're making it like whoa he's he's properly nailing this yeah. you know like yeah, we can absolutely. we can go with this we can put him right dead center and he'll we'll do fine
2: yeah absolutely I mean I think the whole opening 20 minutes of this is as confident as I've seen an action movie open because there's two really good sequences in the opening 20 minutes in terms yeah. of action and uh violence and the way in which all the fights are choreographed and anyway he just comes into the club itself and just starts kicking ass, doesn't he? Like, don't you get, like, a MAC-10 out and just start ploughing people
0: down as well? (laughs) Shotguns and karate kicks and, um, yeah, it's... And it's just so kinetic. But the great thing as well, got to make it dead clear, you can see everything. You can see what's Mm. happening. And as you said before, Sai, it's shot wide and he gives... uh, Norrington gives Wesley the time to do his thing without having to cover up for any shortcomings for, for him physically like a certain star i just mentioned a couple of years ago <laughs> <laughs> uh at uh, uh, that stage is correct but um it's it's just a joy to what and it's so exciting and it's just happening in in front of your eyes this kinetic scene is And the
2: thing is that's why it's best to do action in this way because this won't age you know like this yeah. looks as kinetic and visceral as it did back when it was made 22 years ago wow you know so like because you feel the action and the the camera moves are really on point. You can see everything that's happening on there, and there's no frenetic cutting in and around what the actor's capable of. It's all been so well choreographed and well staged. It's really, really well done.
1: Mm-hmm. It just feels genuine, though, doesn't it? And I think that's yeah. why yeah. it succeeds and why it has dated so well. Is you know, the more real you get these scenes, the the better it's going to get over the years. And you know, we briefly mentioned it before about the cgi i i don't think it's that bad at this bit i don't i don't mind the no. like dissolving skeletons yeah, at fine, this bit. Yeah. yeah i'm fine with that i think i still think that looks pretty cool and the, the way he yeah, goes about true. it dispatching all these vampires yeah is 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 great at this point but yeah this scene is we're very much in this is the tone this is the style of it this is what it's going to sound like and look like and this is yeah. who our hero is Welcome aboard. It's mint. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Yeah, (laughs) It is mint. Yeah, there's no getting around it. Uh, Yeah,
0: it's that. um, When you mention, like, that this is establishing a world, this cinematic world, it's like, right, here's your sandbox. This is what this is going to be like. Get on this wild train of fun or Mm. just get off right now. You you won't be into it.
2: Absolutely. And we've already had his origin as well before the credits even rolled up. His mum got bit by a vampire. He was born. He's part vampire. Bosh. Done. Yeah. That's it. That's how you do Origin. Done. I've got it. Not even any dialogue, is there? Not even even any dialogue. Wesley!
0: No, that never happens.
2: (laughs) Wesley! (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah, yeah, this has got all the love at the minute. Um, Donald Logue comes.
1: He's brilliant in this.
0: Yeah, he's He's so so ace in this. Um, And he's sort of like the comic-y relief side character to Stephen Dorff, who's um, not here yet, but will be soon. And he's having a whale of a time until he gets set on fire by Wesley.
1: <laughs> so we, ah. we get we get the impression that there's a bit of history between these yeah. two because he's yes. Wesley Stipes, uh, sorry, Blade is um you know frustrated that he's tried to kill him so many times and he's like, Oh god, I've got to try something else now because you just won't die. Uh, and he, yeah, he sets him off, <laughs> sets him on fire. <laughs> Does he chop his arm off and then set him yeah. on fire? It's yeah. lovely. It's oh, all but, great. Pins him to a wall as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just for mesh, and
0: the. Do you see that the cops arrive? So you know, Blade legs it, and the cops arrive, and he's just you know, Quinn's his name, isn't it? Is that Donald yeah, yes, Quinn, Quinn, yeah, Quinn, yeah, yeah, and he's against the wall, like, like juddering while on fire, and and someone says like go put him out no urgency whatsoever
1: like oh, not this
0: again. he's alive the guy's alive you don't know he's a
1: vampire uh... well, I was just going to ask that at this point do they like because we don't know the sort of deal with the cops and the, the connection yes. between the cops and the vampires do they know this is a vampire rave and they're just like oh for fuck's sake could have yeah. it quiet yeah. <laughs> every <again>. weekend
2: eh? every <laughs> weekend
1: <laughs> I I truthfully don't
0: know. But they end up, um, he gets um, sent off to uh, the, uh, well, like the, the morgue for an autopsy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's, how efficient is this, Oh this police so hospital yeah. relationship that they, <laughs> they just... just Right. No, we've got we've got some doctors ready to work on you immediately. You've not even cooled down yet and' <laughs> yeah, you're <slab>.
2: Still smoking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still smoking. <laughs> like
1: how grim is a prosthetic sort of like working. Oh here? it like, was so gross. So gross. It was ace, and, like, wasn't it? The cadavers just still smoking and the crispy sound effects when they move it's in from brilliant. the beds. It's like yeah. this is amazing
0: uh, really really good and that that effect dates brilliantly
1: uh, yeah and I've seen this film I don't know how many times and this jump scare still got, yeah. got me again every yeah. time yeah because he, he wakes up and you got this again it's like it's, it's still more
0: world building for me this as well that like well they oh gosh they're not all they're not all dead. You know, once you do something terrible to them, you know, like some of them, like, regenerate. You've also got that thing that I'm really, you know, completely obsessed with at the minute. Science! They do a little science <laughs> and embed the world. And you're like, yeah, why not? I'm involved now. Yes, there's no human hypothalami um, or hypothalamese. I don't know what, what we decided the plural was. But um, it's still really good. And there's microscopes with cells on and stuff. And, yeah, it's nice. And... Um, because we go to... Yeah, we're at the hospital now and there's a dude with immense hair who yeah. has tried it on with the sort Karen. of... She, yeah, Karen, um, who is played by N. Bush Wright. And she's ace this, by the way. She's great. She's yeah, again, ace. someone yeah.
2: with really few credits, though. Like, hasn't... Yeah. This never propelled her to another stage in her career or anything like that. She's in Dead Presidents, which is that uh, Hughes Brothers movie, which is really good. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah but that's, but that's the most idea. significant credit that she's got other than Blade on her resume, really. Which is, and she's crazy. really good in this. She's... And uh, you know what I really like here?
0: There's um, a female character with real agency doing stuff. Um, yeah. Kicking backside. And um, in the middle of the 90s, you know, this is, like, refreshing.
2: Mm. Yeah, and the studio obviously wanted to cast a white actor in this role but uh, right. Wesley Snipes said no I would like a, a black actress to to play alongside me here so Awesome which again you know you feel like like that shouldn't be such a big deal but back in the 90s it it really was Yeah 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 Well
1: the, the whole film is quite uh, it, it feels like a black exploitation film really Yeah 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 I just think this film like 22 years later I just think this film is doing so many bold things that films at the time weren't doing and it, it, it's a shame it didn't get it the plaudits for doing this at the time
0: yeah Absolutely. i agree it's
1: and in that sense you know it's uh in a way a,
0: um, a direct precursor to um what marvel eventually did with
1: um black panther, black panther yeah. yeah awesome stuff
2: uh, and it's uh, it's good there that so si, that you mentioned the uh exploitation cinema because that's what That was Wesley Snipes' approach to the character. Uh, He was quoted as, as saying, I just approached him as this really cool character where I'd get to do martial arts and wear a leather suit. Like that was his whole <laughs> thing for the character. <laughs>
0: honestly, I'm a bit more. I just. I'm sad that like Wesley's.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. That Wesley stuff went a bit funny with the tax stuff and the stories from Blade, because this era Wesley, I flipping love.
2: This well, this era, is him at the it. peak of his power, isn't yeah, it? Definitely, yeah. this propelled him into a different level. I think. I think he was sort of on that same sort of rung as maybe a JCVD throughout yeah. much of the 90s, but this made him like an A-list yeah, action this star. Yeah, is it, isn't it? Yeah. Even though it was only short-lived, really, over yeah. the course of these two sequels. But yeah, I, I mean, you always forget as well with Wesley Snipes that he is a dramatic actor. He was in Spike Lee movies in the early 90s. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, he wasn't he wasn't groomed to be an action star. He just happened to no, have no. those capabilities as well. So he probably approaches a, a role like this. It's like, oh yeah, I can do the dramatic aspect of this uh, with my eyes closed. Yeah.
0: Or, or CGI open. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Refuse to open those closed eyes. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and he put that to practical use in the third instalment of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: I can literally, I refuse because I can do it with my eyes. closed. Uh, by the way, um, on, on the internet, they call it um, CGI's.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: lovely Absolutely brilliant um, Yeah, they. Uh, so this dude wakes up Having been charred up um, He's in hospital, he bites the dude with lovely hair Who was cracking <laughs> onto Karen And yeah. um, he's becoming um, Vampire stuff, but she gets bit as well And Blade yeah. arrives at the hotel At fi- uh, the hotel the <laughs> To finish her off But he rescues her in his mega ace car uh, yeah. And takes her to Where Captain Craggy Whistler Man himself is just oh God, hanging yeah. out, making, you know stuffing him with serum and
1: making him just guns. Just after, like, the cops shoot the, the shit out of him and he's like, you know, not don't shoot the, the burnt man vampire and <laughs> yeah. come back to yeah. life. Like, just shoot the black guy trying to save your asses. <laughs> yeah, Wesley
0: does wear that outfit in public quite a bit and it's, like, it's <laughs> he's not, not very again. conspicuous, no. that mate. I mean, there's really a daylight awesome. scene later where he's just wandering around a park and it's like,
2: mate, <laughs> you know... Yeah. No subtlety whatsoever. It's a bit... It's It's like If you went up to him and went, are you some sort of vampire hunter? He'd go, yeah. Yeah, I am. Can you (laughs) not tell? Yeah, of course. They live amongst us. And you're like, okay. Just (laughs) backing away slowly. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, we get introduced at this point to um, Stephen Dorff as well. Yeah. and uh, he looks fabulous in this
2: movie. He's so 90s. He's super 90s. So 90s.
0: Anyone care to guess how old he is? What, Stephen Dorff? Yeah, how old was he in this? Oh, young,
1: 26 or something.
0: 25! Oh. <laughs> oh. So depressing. Um, and uh, so he's got young. more chest hair than I will ever have.
1: Yeah, I, I always found this bit really hilarious. How like vampires have CEOs. Just yeah, yeah. Of board yeah, yeah, meeting of vampires.
0: Lovely, <laughs> yeah. Board meeting for vampire.
2: <laughs> <laughs> love a little vampire council, me.
0: I love yeah. that. Yeah. It's so nice. Uh, and uh, there's uh, so civilized. There's some. There's some trouble at Mill. Yeah, and uh, in vampire world, and he's a re- a, sort of like a revolutionary, isn't he, Stephen Dorff? And he's a bit yeah, bored yeah. with. He, there's this sort of ongoing quarrel between the pure bloods that he is not yeah and um whatever the others are called
1: well he feels that the vampires are superior to humans whereas the pure breed vampire the CEO is the vampire CEO <laughs> 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 they they've been they've got an arrangement where they live in like harmony with the humans and they sort of keep themselves to themselves but frost is like no we're better than them we should be ah, yeah. we should be running the world not not them the
2: deal seems to be though that Yeah, we'll just eat a few of you on the quiet, and we'll stay in the shadows, basically. (laughs) like I don't know what's in it for the humans, to be perfectly honest. You'll still be eating a few of us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Loads, in (laughs) fact. There's loads of us. (laughs) (laughs) Nightly. Um.
0: (laughs) Uh, One of them is... uh, One of the CEOs, one of the board members, is um, Udo Kier. Yes. um, Who you'd recognise... You know, again... He's one of those guys you would recognise from so much stuff and go, Who's that guy? And he was like he looks a bit like you know the he looks like a sort of um, a cosmopolitan European version of the boxing promoter, Frank Warren. <laughs>
2: <laughs> sure he'd be delighted with that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cultured Frank Warren uh, <laughs> but he you know it's nice I love these people these people are loving the role so much
2: because
0: yeah. Keir's having an amazing time here he is yeah
2: um, and so basically Stephen Dorff wants to take over the world doesn't he You think yeah. there's a human's a cattle he's kind of got a point to be honest yeah <laughs> what's he going to do if he kills us
0: all well you're, you're not good then aren't you
2: yeah <laughs> he's anyway. not thought that far ahead but he wants nah. domination he wants it now and they won't let him he's <laughs> a little cheeky upstart and they're not having <laughs> yeah, it
0: yeah yeah um, Karen wakes up and she's going to try and sort out a serum for her and Blade because yep. uh, she's turning, isn't she? Yep. And she garlics some copper in the face.
2: Yes. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> we've, goes... we've sort of glossed over Chris Christopherson, Sorry, who is I'm... like a man who was born at age 65, wasn't he, with long hair and <laughs> grizzled voice. Like He's the sort of bloke who's been 65 his entire life, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah very true. <laughs> he's perfect in this role of just this haggard old... Uh, vampire yeah. person who's <laughs> trained up Blade to go out and do the hunting because he can't do it because his legs are knackered. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he hints
1: that there's like a a, a little wide like a wider group of vampire hunters um yeah. of which he was one of the originals and he found Blade when he was a kid which is a deleted scene on the DVD actually. There's actually a scene of him finding Blade as a teenager on the streets and bringing him back um cuz he he finds him in daylight and realizes he's a vampire, and he's like, "This isn't, you know, how can you walk around in yeah. daylight?" There's, I remember that quite vividly on the DVD. There's a lot of deleted scenes, uh, a few which we'll touch we'll touch upon when we get to them later. But um, yeah, that's who Whistler is. He he brought in
2: Blade um, and and trained him to kill his brethren i guess yeah. <laughs> basically yeah yeah marvellous because he's basically blade has the vampire genes doesn't he uh yes. but he he has all their strengths none of their weaknesses he can go out in the day but he does still have a thirst which is why they have to manufacture a serum so that he doesn't go around feasting on people mm.
1: and then whistler's basically there for the exposition isn't he so yeah, he, yeah. yes he Bring us up to the history of the vampires and how they live amongst the humans and like own the police. They're sort of like operate as a mafia, don't they? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. They're basically the Illuminati. Yeah, like yes.
1: <laughs> you know, they they do this subversion of like tropes of what we know vampires like religious stuff doesn't work. Yeah, that's all bullshit. But silver is one of the most things, and that's why a lot of blades, weapons, and he's got silver bullets and he, he's got a silver samurai sword and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, that's basically what Whistler's about, isn't he? To, to be an angry old man who tells us the story, the backstory yes. of
0: stuff. Pretty much, pretty much. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, no, he
2: does it very well. Mm.
0: Uh, the cop himself, who eventually appears, he looks like a lovely cut-price Christian Slater. He does, yeah. <laughs> um, And then gets garliced. And he's he's been using her as... Blade has been using her as bait, hasn't he? Yes. Um, and... They end up at some god awful club.
2: Yeah, so the cop is um is is Stephen Dorf's familiar, isn't he? So he's That's basically it, familiar. He's basically a vampire group who wants to be turned into a vampire. Yes. Essentially. And he's a, and therefore he has a master and he does his bidding, but he's fully human. So he's a human working for them. And then what a demeaning job. <laughs> They tail him and then they end up, yes, at this uh, another nightclub. Yeah. Which is a lot weirder than the first one. It's, it's like a Yakuza way. hangout, isn't yeah. it? Like, it's, it's, it's bonkers.
1: I, 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 yeah, I just think this whole scene is so cool again. It's yeah. Just yeah, so, it is. It's, it's so really lovely. so
2: cool. I don't understand what the entertainment is. <laughs> <laughs> this sort of, what, like the
0: J-pop that's going on? Yeah, I yeah. I no, I'm with you. I have no
2: idea. I never got
1: um, a sense of where we were in this. Um, is it because it looks like New York, but it's not New York?
2: Is yeah, it like it, New
1: Orleans or something like that. I don't, I I don't know. Yeah, there's no. a couple of, of
2: indicators are. that it might be New Orleans. Different like uh, signage and things like that, and um, posters and leaflets and stuff like that. But I don't think you're supposed to know which city it is. Doesn't really matter. It's yeah, just like yeah. any
1: any sort of urban. City
2: you know, inner city, yeah, yeah, I think they shot it in l a to be honest, yeah, there's a lot yeah, of they did yeah I've just seen
0: it there, yeah. yeah it's um part loads shot in Los Angeles, some scenes shot in Death valley, um
2: God that'd be hot in all that leather, but horror! Yeah,
0: <laughs> um but no, I don't know, I haven't seen yeah where where it where it was actually set,
2: tell me down, <laughs> <It takes laughs> this
0: leather off of here after take seventy sodden leather. <laughs>
1: So yeah, while, while Blade and Karen um, are in this secret lair, we, we, we get a sense of how sexy the vampires are when we go to Deacon frost rooftop rave going on. Another chill, that lovely, sexy party where everyone's oh, yes. just necking off with each other. And yes. this gorgeous trip hop playing.
0: Yeah, uh, they're all dead cool, aren't they, the vampires? I mean, just... I'm just a bit sick of this. It looks all right, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like... What an amazing gaff. Look-
2: yeah. Lovely place to hang Where is out. Where's he getting the money
0: from? Well, well is he on the... Is he getting he's love? one
2: of the vampire CEOs. He's on, he's a... Is
0: he a shareholder in Vampire Inc.?
2: But all he does is go through archives of old vampire Bibles listening to techno. Like, <laughs> that, that's not a job.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hmm,
2: yes, Uh
0: they and some oh, who gets killed here? I can't remember. A cop. Gets... So the
2: familiar, cop yeah, yeah.
1: So he, so Frost finds out that uh, Blade followed him, and he, he, the cop fucked up basically. And yes. But Blade's a bit late because he's already translated these ancient scripts, which is is sort of the plan of you know, is gonna get his plan to take over the world and mm. become the dominant species is is in these ancient texts, and he manages to translate them, and um, with the help of. Quite an extraordinary character. He's my favourite. Pearl. <laughs> He's called. <laughs> What's he called? Pearl. Did you ever <laughs> watch that episode of Jerry Springer where they had to, like, use a forklift to get someone <laughs> out of his whoop. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I wash myself with a rag on a stick. I, I was just <laughs> going to say that it's a combination of Cartman and that scene in The Simpsons when Bart envisions <laughs> himself in the future as a morbidly obese man, <laughs> and, he's a, vampire. and he, he's a vampire. Is he? Is he CGI?
0: Is he? Is it?
1: No. Apparently, it's
0: prosthetics.
2: Who, all prosthetics. No. Yeah, yeah. All prosthetics.
0: Oh, I need to. I need to see some behind-the-scenes footage of
2: it took um, four people to uh, operate it because
0: even though it's only like <laughs> it's such a brilliant effect and character it's so good um and uh, it a, an <laughs> uh oh it's horrible what happens to him as well I know, yeah. absolutely disgraceful karen i mean i know we were saying that karen's you know pretty badass in this
2: but I mean well, she is, is a Karen <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> taking
2: no nonsense
0: from this chat because she... obviously like he's he's been given this sort of like UV torch <laughs> and because he's this fat thing is this blamange is
2: a vampire yeah what like, is he like Deacon Frost's tech support basically <laughs> like <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, he, every time like he doesn't get, they don't get an answer out of him. She shines this light on him and singes him, <laughs> and then like, but, like sprays it all over his body so that different bits of him get like, <laughs> and he's he's smoking and smouldering and bits yeah. of him are burning off and melting. It's horrendous, <laughs> and they leave him like they just leave him in like, a, like you know, like when you um. Have you ever seen that in a restaurant where someone orders a creme brulee and they get yeah. like a little thing and go on the top of it to, <laughs> to just burn the you know the, the sugar on the top? Like it looks oh, like that.
2: Gorgeous oh. vampire brulee. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. disgusting. That. Oh,
0: can <laughs> yeah. you imagine that? I mean, honestly, and the steam rising, the smoke rising up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's a screaming there. He's like. <laughs> It's so it's super. I I think honestly, when we're coming to favourite bit of the film, this is I'm
2: struggling to get past. Rob's is going to be that fatty getting tortured. (laughs) (laughs) It's completely unjustified as well. He's not going anywhere. He can't move.
1: Annie's Annie's already told them what they need to
2: know. (laughs) There's no need need for what she does to him. They should have a little second afterwards where they go to Mitchell and Webb and go, hey, Blade, are we the baddies? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Anyway, they they stumble across all these uh, ancient uh, manuscripts, don't they? It's the Vampire Bible, basically, and... Deacon Frost is going to be bringing back this this blood god called, known as El Magre, is it? La Magra. La Magra, sorry.
0: Uh, uh, they drag um, Udo Kier out to see the sunrise Yeah, yeah. by putting on some sun cream. <laughs> Lovely, tender sun cream application scene. I loved it. And again, another brilliant effect, Kier... Uh, I don't, I don't even know how to describe what happens yeah. to him. I mean,
2: well, the sun comes up and he gets blown to pieces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I think that the first two thirds of the movie, the CGI isn't actually that bad.
2: No, like, no, it's and, right.
1: And this is another. It's actually pretty good effect. This, I think, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how they do it. It's horrendous. It's so gross. It's horrible. And it, you know, you were speaking about Near Dark before, James. that This is very much in a similar vein where they've got like, a yeah, yeah. smoking suit on, where it's like. The sun's about to rise, and he's already going. And then, as soon as the sun comes up, I say,
2: "Yeah." And then his face goes all oh, Raiders, doesn't it? It looks great. Like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, but then it like goes down to his like his chest cavity bursts open. Yeah, oh, it's, it's, it's brilliant, it's, it's
0: horrendous.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. Um... I mean, they're thinking of doing a new, but I mean, they're not thinking of it. They are doing a new blade. Mm. How are they going to make it? It's not going to be like this, is it? Are they going to no, make it not... like a PG thirteen? Because yeah. I've got no interest in seeing a PG thirteen blade. That's be no, rubbish. that would
0: be useless. I mean, one of the reasons this works is because they properly embraced the the blood aspect of the both the mythology. and Yeah, it's visual... really
2: gory, isn't it? And, yeah, and violent. Um, and I don't see how that would work in the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, to be
1: honest. Which is surely like what you need for an underground world of sexy vampires, and exactly, a, a, a yeah, guy who goes around chopping those sexy vampires and several
2: pieces <laughs> can, I, I mean it remains to be seen doesn't it but i can't see disney allowing them to just branch off and do this r-rated blade movie
0: well i was going to ask because this is a Mar- this is marvel i mean is this on yeah. disney plus
2: well it's it's going to be a movie isn't it so no, is, no, is well, this, one, this Oh no this, this one's is is new, new line, line owned this. oh yeah. is it right
1: okay yeah cool. i think Avi Arad produced it mm-hmm. um who's a producer on the mcu stuff yeah but I don't think it's part of any of the buyouts from the Disney side of it. So no, no, Marvel were
2: ones. a bit just shopping them anywhere, weren't they, at the time? They right, didn't have right. the, um, <clears throat> so Avi Arad, who who um, who produced this, he also produced X-Men, and I think he was on the original Raimi Spider-Man trilogy as well. Been, yeah, so
1: yeah.
2: Cool. Yeah,
0: um, Whistler gets battered. <laughs> yes. he gets his head all stomped yeah. in
2: so Blade and Karen don't they they have a run in with uh, he beats up a child as well we can't really uh, <laughs> who, who yes, beats karate with a child. oh Frost no no um, Blade does doesn't he yeah. when they find all the parchments some vampire bastards turn up led by Quinn and then they have to escape via the subway don't they but before they do that he gets into a fight with a kid vampire Blade doesn't Whack around the chops.
0: <laughs> I don't think this is in the version I watched. Yeah, she
1: she she's like a distraction for him because she's a kid. She looks like an innocent little kid, but she can actually handle herself pretty well. And apparently, yeah. she's played by some really high end, like proper high ranking kung fu martial artist girl at the time. No way. Yeah, um, and she's she's badass. But then, yeah, he punches her in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, which he does a lot in this film. Actually, he punches a lot of women in the face. Actually, it's pretty bad.
2: <laughs> if they're vampires,
1: they're all the same
2: to him. Yeah, like, he's the...
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of children, um, there's this is before Whistler gets his head stomped on. Sorry, I forgot about that. Sunblock Dorf goes outside, yeah, and chucks a little girl through a bus stop. <laughs>
2: Which I've never seen before. You know, last week when we were doing the relic, and we said we'd, we'd never seen a monster throw an alsatian against the wall before. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen a small <laughs> child thrown through a bus stop. And <laughs> um,
0: she she does quite well through it. She takes the bump really well. <laughs> she does.
1: This is one of those. This is one of those scenes where Norrington got these little flashes of originality going on because there's a bullet time bit at this point, yeah. isn't there? Pre Matrix, and then yes, there is. Yeah, but there's two bits where this happens. I love the like. The sound design on this bit's brilliant. So when it goes into the bullet time, all you hear is like the jangle of wind chimes because you're in like a Japanese garden, aren't you? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. um, so you hear the, the, the jangle of wind chimes. But then when he chucks the kid, the scream of her is just. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and it's the same as when um, when Blade chucked Karen off the roof on the hospital before like the yeah, way yeah. they've done that scream as it travels through the air just like <laughs> I've never you never really hear it but like there's as if we've Taken into account sound waves as someone yeah, flies here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that. And it, it, that somehow makes it sound funny to me. You know, like, ah,
0: I can see my house from here.
1: <laughs> it just re- reverberates as she flies, th- just before she flies through the bus stop.
2: How that didn't kill her in, in the first place. I how know. She yeah. was all right. Obviously. Well, I don't
0: know uh... Um, yeah, but that that did raise a chuckle, actually. Uh,
2: and then Blade begrudgingly stops her getting run over by a bus, doesn't he? And then he yes. to sod off, basically. He's got work to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and this is all they needed to get the hands-on Whistler. And then they go and and Frost stands on his head quite a lot. Yeah.
2: Yes, they do. Well, yeah, And then uh, is the implication that they leave the uh, Quinn and the other vampire cronies to feed on him, essentially? Because when he gets back, he's like... He's like in the dentist chair, isn't he? Yeah. Like he's Gaza in nineteen ninety-six, <laughs>
0: <laughs> probably in similar physical condition. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> and and Blade's like, oh, I can treat the wounds and what have you. And he's like, oh no, leave me the gun. I've already gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah before I yeah. turn, basically. And then the implication is is that he kills himself, doesn't he? Mm. Yes. But he's in the second one. <laughs> I
1: can't move. So you know how quickly they explain Blade's origin stories, how quickly they explain how Whistler's still alive in the second. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> so he what he he turned just before he killed himself. Oh right. They uh vamp some vampire CEOs got him and kept him alive. And the start of Blade Two is uh Blade gonna re- free him in Moscow or wherever it is. Ah, oh, really?
2: Which
0: you see at the end of this movie, spoiler. Lovely. Life. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Because um, in the original script, the Russian vampire at the end was Whistler. It wasn't just some random Russian dude. Ah! Oh, in one, in that an original is script.
0: Um. Oh, by the way, sorry. All I can think of when we say Whistler is um, from the Bean movie.
2: Whistler's mother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you remember
2: that? Not saying it. Not ah, from... the... It's all about. I think um... you're
1: the big. You're the. You're a bigger Bean fan than we are. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's the, there's um uh, in the Bean movie. There's a. Uh, um... It's all about you know a portrait that gets ruined at a gallery, and the portrait's called Whistler's Mother, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I can think of while watching this. Anyway, uh, uh, <laughs> moving swiftly on. Um, I really like the the look when when they find. Uh, well, sorry, when he finds Whistler, and the sheet covered in blood on his back. I mean, that looks really bad. He's got a yeah. sheet over his head, and it's all covered in like really b- b- bright crimson. Oh, Surrendous. And then. Where
1: are we now? <laughs> What's happening now? Well, we we go to that. So Blade
2: takes the bait and goes oh, does, to and, and goes yes. after Frost That's and Quinn right. and, and to save Karen. He's got his lovely vampire exploding darts now that yeah. uh, Karen had whipped up for him earlier. Yeah. How
1: did she? How did she keep her face straight when saying the line? because um, uh, Blade thinks it's a cure and he says, like, "Oh, you need to make some miracle cure, and she goes, oh, I never said it was a cure but I thought you could use it to explode some vampire heads <laughs> 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 I mean, oh, for the most part I don't mind the dialogue of this, but that
2: line I was like, oh come on, you could have said yeah, someone like yeah.
1: that how <laughs> <laughs> do you not know,
2: piss yourself off with that because he, he gets to um, Deacon Frost's like, hideout now isn't it, it's a very elaborate lair and uh, he dispatches some henchmen, doesn't he, by sticking the needle in there, and this is where the CGI starts to come to the fore, isn't it? Yeah, Basically, it turns everyone into Krang from Teenage Mutant Hero (laughs) Turtles, and then they explode, (laughs) like... That is exactly what it is. Yeah. But he's kicking ass
1: and taking names, isn't it? He? he comes in on his motorbike. Yeah, the actual fight choreography it's, it's is. Unreal, it's unreal, isn't it? Bueno.
0: Yeah, Moy bueno. And
1: he's coming he comes through like a like a water feature on his motorbike. Yeah. And then Deacon Frost is like in his office like he's in a call centre with a little hands
2: free kit, like trying to figure <laughs> out why he can't get hold of it. Uh his mum's there. Yeah, and this is a big reveal, isn't it? It's like, yeah, Deacon Frost is my stepdad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I love the bed. Yeah, I actually think I'd get a good night's sleep finally in that bed. <laughs> yes,
2: completely soundproofed like off.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, I out, real yeah. nice in there. Oh, I felt really bad, and I thought Wesley was really. They were both both um, Wesley Snipes and Sanar Latham. Um, We're both really good as um, mother and son in the end here. Yes. In the family reunion moment, which isn't really like a family reunion moment because she's clearly no longer his mum. No, no. But she looks like his mum.
2: She's gone full vampire, hasn't she? She has, yeah.
0: And he explains, obviously, it's been explained that his motivation is him. He's been going out trying to find the things that killed his mum ever since. You know, so... It, it, I just like it. I like, you know, like um, family ties and family storylines are so good for promoting and prompting drama and 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 adding drive to a story. And I really like this.
2: Absolutely, yeah, and yeah, it's it's a really good reveal actually because I'd forgotten about this aspect of it and I didn't mm. see it coming. And yeah, it, that it ties up how Deacon Frost knows so much about Blade throughout the course of the runtime. Mm. And uh, yeah, yeah, and he's. He's like, he's blindsided by it and they get the jump on him, don't they? And then he's struggling for serum and he gets locked up with Karen and what have you. Yeah, he's yeah. in that,
0: he gets put in that great big box thing. Yeah. Um, that is, um, oh, I mean, it's ace, I love it. Um, and uh, Karen gets binned in a big hole. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Curtis, the love spurned is down there. Um, <laughs> and his gorgeous and, um, hair, which has survived. <laughs> Yeah, he's still got the gorgeous hair. Um, and she's hard. She uses a big bone just to whack him up and then use it to climb out of there. It's yeah. brilliant. Um, then Blade is getting all... I mean, it's like... He's, he's like in a um, a big square orange juice maker. They're just going <laughs> to mash him until they've got all the good stuff out of him. <laughs> yeah. And his blood's going to rain down. Is this right? Into a ceremonial room where all the, yeah. the CEOs her, are. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to... This is going to bring back... Uh, la magra whatever his name whatever the name is or
2: something yeah is that right mm. umago yeah. so this is where,
1: <laughs> so this is like where the cgi goes off the rails and it goes absolutely bonkers um, yeah so yes. we get flying skulls bursting out of ceo bodies yeah and there's there's some really nice shots cut in at this bit though you know this you see blades face through the just a hole in the The juice box thing. (laughs) And there's like a a shot, reverse shot of him and his mum and his mum looking at him and then he's just like just dying in this box. But then Karen saves the day basically, gets him out. Yeah. He he needs his serum, so you know, they don't have any. So Karen lets him give in to the thirst and and basically lets him suck her blood and Shit's about to go down when he, when he when he gets rejuvenated.
2: It's rocket fuel, isn't it? He's like, woof, let's go. Right, I'll just kill my mom and then I'll go and sort these bastards out downstairs. Yeah, <laughs> I mean,
1: and boy,
0: does it work. And um, it kicks off another brilliant fight. And this feels like the climactic Such fight a of a movie. Fight. It's brilliant, yeah. Um, and I think, is it because it's like it's got shades of big trouble in little china the setting you know with the old stone and like a clear area defined area for having a fight absolutely
1: yeah i mean he was a bit of a badass no holds bad to begin with but now he's just completely he just goes to town on everyone doesn't he there's a point where he he pulls out one henchman's throat and then chucks it in the next henchman's face
2: (laughs) (laughs) great (laughs) so good
1: and then he uh, kicks one of the nuts about 20 <laughs> times. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I mean,
0: th- these brilliant, expendable vampire martial artists come from nowhere, and <laughs> yeah. they've got loads of yeah, them. Yeah, and, yeah. And um, there is that, you know, He's, but he's, then he ends up in, like, the sword fight to the death with, with Deacon Frost.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. he gets his sword back, and it's like, oh, shit. He's, you know. And then, yeah, sword fight, which I, I mentioned before there was the deleted scenes. This wasn't originally in the film. Oh, there was a completely different last 10, 15 minutes. Oh, right. Uh, oh. And again, I remember this on the DVD, and it did so badly with the audiences that they just reshot the whole thing and added in a sword fight, because they were like, we love the fighting, but originally, in the original ending, what happened was um, Deacon Frost became this blood god, but it he it, it wasn't in human form. He just turned into this big hurricane of blood. Oh, right. And it looked absolute shit. I can imagine. And... <laughs> and... uh <laughs> He, they won basically. He just, he just went off. He was like, "Oh yeah, I'm, I've, I've won. I've, I'll go." And then the audience were like, "No, don't want that. I'm not having that. This is rubbish." Looks like well, we want Stephen Dorff to be a person. Let's have him have a sword fight. So they chucked in a sword fight at the end. And audience were right. Sometimes you get a lot of shit from those audience things. But yeah, were, yeah, they were yeah. dead yeah. right. It was definitely this better for that. Way, though. way better. Yeah, yeah, that sounds
2: bobbins. I bet they spent a it's fortune terrible. on those crappy blood tidal wave. Can you watch it? Well. Can
1: you see it? Is it? On? It'll be somewhere because it was. It was definitely on the DVD because I remember what. And there's a point in it where it's like Stephen Dorff, uh, sorry Deacon Frost, just pops out and speaks to Blade, and it's like, what? This looks ridiculous.
0: Because oh, no. <laughs> what 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 you've got instead is again, it's another iconic precursor to all those brilliant fights in the Matrix. Yes, yeah,
2: absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's quite an even fight, isn't it? Because yeah. obviously. Uh, Deacon Frost has been imbued with the power of this blood god, and he can now match Blade on a physical level. And then Blade remembers that he's got his little exploding vampire darts, doesn't he? Mm. Sets them on him. Because they
1: think it's his... uh, They mistake it... Deacon Frost has stuck it for his serum to begin with, and just haphazardly chucked them. In, in the temple, a convenient somewhere. crevice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a convenient crevice, and and uh, Blade finds them and gets them, and that's how he manages to defeat Lamagra at this point.
0: Well, and he he catches them in a really lovely way, doesn't he? Oh yeah, chucks his sword out, which makes the ching and yeah. it drops down, and he does a lovely spin and catches it behind his back. You know, again, you know, so many things could have gone wrong, but it's really <laughs> cool really really cool <laughs> and then he gets one chucks it in the air and then does a massive spinning cartwheel roundhouse kick yeah. straight into deacon frost's forehead um and that is i mean i'm i'm applauding at this like i so much fun
1: they, those shots never get old do they where it's a whip pan and it's just the the actor just Bro. like recoiling and he's yeah, got yeah. something in his head <laughs> never <laughs> yeah, ever gets it's old
0: so great um and again another brilliant sort of bubbly human uh, going (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, yeah and uh,
2: they go where do they go from there well he ends up on the roof with Karen doesn't he yeah uh, as the sun's coming up he basically just says look if you want to help me like she has helped she's been a real big help (laughs) she pretty much saved the day in that in that end fight yeah
1: she saved him yeah yeah
2: without those darts she wouldn't have won Right, so show us a bloody respect. Well, without her
0: scrambling up out of Curtis's love hole, (laughs) then, you know, with a bone, with a femur, (laughs) she'd never have... That's an awful expression, I'm sorry. I don't think we should ever say Curtis's love hole
2: ever again. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, basically he goes, if you want to help make me a better serum it's like so ungrateful and then he's off to Moscow basically and then he's yes. ready to fight some Russian vampire in the snow and then bosh we're done and, and even that looks effortlessly breathtakingly cool
1: yeah, yeah it does, like yeah. a really good setup for a sequel but um have you guys seen the original setup to a sequel again they must have deleted so many scenes from this no, movie no. <laughs> so it uh norrington wanted to do a sequel involving uh morbius who's a character from the comics as well he was like Blade's sort of main adversary in the comics and then I think they later became Buddies so they did an ending where Morbius is just stood on a roof in the distance when him and Karen are on the roof Um, that's on YouTube you can get that on YouTube ah. but That idea for the sequel got canned because Sony owned the rights to Morbius because he's part of the Spider-Man deal. Right. Ah. But yeah, so that film's coming next year with Jared Leto, isn't it? There's a Morbius film coming next year. who's like the vampire in that. He's like a a big, big bad vampire. But he's like like an anti-hero. He's like a good guy. So, yeah, there's another alternate ending. There's so many deleted scenes to this movie. Really?
0: I'm going to have to go and dive in. Are there any deli- uh, you know, extended cuts of Pearl getting sunburned? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything for, for fans of that? I'm not even moving! <laughs> um, and thus endeth the movie. Uh, fellas, what are your best bits?
2: Oh, my favourite bit comes really, really early on. I mean, there's so many great moments, like the club sequence is just brilliant. And then the final fights with all those dispensable vampire henchmen is great as well. But my favourite bit uh, has to be when they're in the, um, in the hospital and Karen's being attacked by Donald Logue's Quinn. And the police arrive on the scene and just start unloading on Blade without asking any questions. And then he hits them with this uh, immortal line. Freeze! Motherfucker, are you out of your damn mind?
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's got some great
2: one liners in this. Oh, that's (laughs) super. And then the police just leg it. Like, it's great. (laughs) Not like, not shoot him again. Like, run again. <laughs> oh, that was ace. <laughs> what about you, Sai?
0: What's your favourite bit?
1: I yeah, I, I think there's so many good bits. I love the bit where um in the ending, just in the in the final bit, and uh, Deacon Frost is just sort of like about to do everything and giving his big speech to all the CEOs who've been captured and um. Quinn has only just got his arm grown back from Blade chopping it off for like the third time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he gets he gets Blade's sword and he's like, hold out your arm. And he's like, what? You to go put... Come on, put your arm out. And then he gets the sword and he's like, I've had to chop it off. And he goes, no, I'm only joking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, no, it, you know, it reminded me of um, that guy in um, Dead Man's Shoes. You know, um, I don't want to.
2: You know, like that.
0: Oh yeah. You know, go on, go on. Put your, you know, put,
2: you know. I don't want. Do to. you want to give him a little kiss? That's it. Uh, <laughs> when his mate's been folded up in a suitcase. I don't
0: want
2: to. <laughs> I just think them two are uh,
1: great throughout the whole film. I think the dialogue between them, two, yeah. Quinn and Frost, is just a great little relationship with his little main henchmen. Yeah, um, where he's like, I'm going to be a guard.
2: I'm going to be a naughty guard. I'm going to be a naughty <laughs> vampire guard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was really did really make me laugh.
2: That. Well, apparently, Donald Logue, his part was supposed to be a lot smaller. And again, like the guy in Dead Man's Shoes, he he just started doing a lot of funny ad libs on set. So they just gave him more and more screen time. Oh, that's really cool. cool. <laughs> that was well, good. I <laughs> love it.
0: You know those sto- the- I love them stories where someone impresses you so much that you actually, you know. Well, let's expand it for you. You know, I really like that. I really like it. Um, For myself, um, it's very hard not to say Pearl. Anything (laughs) to do with Pearl is the best bit. But um, I'm going to go with, instead, uh, at the end, when he's, you know, just before the sword fight with Deacon Frost, there's loads of... um, Sorry, by the way, Deacon Frost is a really good name for a baddie. Oh, yeah. He's a a great baddie
1: on the whole, isn't he? He is a really good baddie, yeah, properly. So menacing. Nihilistic. slimy... Yeah, Yeah.
0: magnificent hair as well. Um, Anyway, um, (laughs) gorgeous frosty tips. Yeah, (laughs) we know I like those, James. (laughs) Uh, The um, Yeah, at the end there's all the expendable ninjas come out and um, Blade sort of jumps into some sort of like a side room and one of them's on the floor. And he boots him maybe five or six times really hard in the knackers while he's (laughs) like that. And then the last one is so hard, he literally punts him. (laughs) like (laughs) Sends him like, oh! (laughs) (laughs) Crashing through something behind him. I've never seen that before. And it's like, you know, you're supposed to be... It's the moment where, yes, Blade is back, he's doing all sorts of cool stuff. What's why is he doing? Why is he just decimated this bloke's knacker so many times? I don't know.
2: Why um, is he smiling while he's doing? Yeah, he's like, yeah,
0: get in there. And um, uh, now, if we could conjoin that moment with Pearl and have him booting Pearl like, that would be really, you know, we would be really firing on all cylinders then. So, for your reconsideration, uh, Blade, uh, as is per our custom James, you will go last.
1: Simon, what do you think? Without question. Um, I can totally forgive the, like, shittiness of the CGI-laden finale because of just the stunning world-building and boldness and bravado on show from Norrington. As I said before, it's such a shame he didn't go on to do anything after League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Um, And then the two leads as well, Wesley Snipes and Stephen Dorff are both absolutely brilliant in in their roles and carry a lot of the film themselves. And I just think Blade should be given huge amounts of credit for opening the doors for the likes of X-Men, Spider-Man, which went on to get given massive studio budgets for this particular type of movie. And it's gone on to change the face of blockbuster cinema with, with comic book movies. With its grimness and gruesome tone, I just think it's dated a hell of a lot better than a lot of those family orientated comic book movies from the 90s and early noughties and it's just it's just totally worth a revisit if only to see wesley snipes do some wonderful shit with his fists feet <laughs> and a bounty of guns and his sword obviously and <laughs> that incredible flat top <laughs> awesome
0: uh, yeah love it for me just couldn't really agree more with what you've just said si um I don't really have a a long-standing affinity with this, besides just knowing I really quite liked it, that's all. But having watched it again for the first time in years this week, I found it gory, inventive, kinetic, and never, ever boring. Loads and loads of fun. It's very glossy, super uh, silly at times, comic book movie, but all the better for it. It knows exactly what it is, this. And it's before comic book movies were really comic book movies. It's absolutely paved the way... um, like yourself, um, said, Sai for all sorts of massive um, properties. Speaking of properties, um, Snipes has never been better, and this is the perfect marriage of star director and intellectual property. It's proper, proper good. Really, really liked (laughs) it. Great to see it again. Um, And it will sit much, much more fondly in my mind now than it had before watching it.
1: Yeah. What a soundtrack as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, It's really good. I could lose that. The j-pop weirdness halfway. yeah that was a bit weird <laughs> i like that <laughs> <laughs> so yeah definitely for you can yeah, reconsider it
2: yeah from my perspective uh, i'll keep it short because you guys have pretty much said what i was going to say anyway i think what i didn't realize i picked it because i thought all oh, right i remember really loving this when i was a teenager and thinking it was so so cool and i wanted to see if it if it holds up and I, I love wesley snipes so this would be a good one to do on the pod but then watching it and seeing how influential it clearly was not just on opening the door for comic books but uh comic book adaptations but for mainstream action blockbusters as a whole like there was a good 10 year period where nearly every action movie that came out after blade and the matrix yeah. looked like blade or the matrix <laughs> And it just doesn't seem to get that level of credit in the same way that The Matrix does, because obviously that was such a cultural touchstone and such a huge hit and done on a much bigger budget uh, with bigger stars. But this is just as influential as that film. And it's so much better than I actually remember it being. I Mm. really, really enjoyed it. And uh, we were chatting uh, off mic earlier, weren't we, about Blade Two and the fact that that qualifies as well. So I don't think it's the last time we'll be seeing Blade on the podcast.
0: For me, that excites me a great deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and Pearl survived, so hopefully. We'll... <laughs>
2: yeah, think yes, I, I, can't Chris I can't remember. Why can't Pearl be in it?
0: Can we just have <laughs> the Pearl multiverse, please? <laughs> <laughs> super stuff fellas really enjoyed that this week
1: what have we got next Simon it's your pick oh I'm taking a massive punt next week I think because we're nearing well when the episode will come out it'll be near Halloween so we're going to do a a genre film and we're going to do Jennifer's Body cool which is it's a bit of a punt but uh, yeah I think it deserves it deserves a shout
0: well that's what we're all about isn't it awesome awesome and do you know where you can see that is it on the streamers I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out in time and we'll let you know on the Twitters. Um speaking of the Twitters, um if you like what you've heard, why don't you come and have a chat with us on there? We're at FYR Film Pod. Um also send us five stars to your subscription service of choice, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Thank you so much for listening. Um it's uh yeah, we're on a roll, guys. Um and it we couldn't be rolling without your help, listeners. So thank you very much. Um say goodbye, boys. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.
2: Bye-bye, Vicky! Oh, I'll be burned by
0: you, v No! 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 (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My kids are in for a
1: treat tomorrow. Damn you, Karen!
2: (laughs) Damn you, Karen! (laughs) There's
1: complaining to the manager and then there's that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah!